we all none of us really know. <laughs> none of us I really know. know. I know. No, I, I, I know. know. I know. Perfect timing, Keith. Keith, what's up? Your favorite buddy? movie of all time. Step nine. Oh, good. How is there any other choice than Remember the Titans being number one? I'm curious. <laughs> I'm boiling mine, but... Well, let's, let's see. Here we go. Yeah, that's a good, good I'm question. I'm not even on top of you. You shouldn't be talking at this point. <laughs> All right. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to Apocalypse Movies and Apocalypse. Now, we are live here on a Tuesday evening for our weekly hangout show here on the channel, talking everything movies, television, entertainment, pop culture. Um, and as you can see, just for the moment, it's myself and Mr. Jacob Bartley. We are here uh, starting the show on uh, this fine Tuesday evening. Um, which is the majority of the discussion is going to be revolving around a big gigantic movie that came out last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we're going to be starting off here just quickly talking about, um, you know, everything going on in, in the entertainment industry. There's a lot happening currently and uh, we're not going to dive into it too much. I will say this off the bat that uh, we're going to be saving a large part of that conversation for probably a few weeks down the road. Um but we kind of just wanted to to let everyone know, first of all, why we are going live um, and why we are doing shows because other channels are out there not doing stuff, which is absolutely fair and up to them as far as choice. Uh, and second of all, and most importantly, that we are 1000% behind everything that is currently happening in the industry. Um, it's a shape-shifting event that is happening in in Hollywood right now and everything around it with WGA with SAG and um, it's changing every day. You know, we know uh, minim- minimalist of things compared to what the majority of people do know out there being such a smaller channel on a side of the world where we talk about movies, but we're not in the movie business. Uh, yeah, we're not in that exactly. side of things. Um, but I can say on, on behalf of all of us, you know, we've, we've talked about it. We are 100% for everything that is being fought for, um, everything that the writers, the actors, the creators are striving for with what they are doing. Um, we fully support them in any capacity uh, if it ever landed in our hands. Um, Jacob, I don't know if you have any m- quick thoughts on that before we kind of move along. Yeah, man. I mean, well said. And I I, I wholeheartedly agree with what you said. I I don't know too much about the situation, but from what I know, um, you know, the the actors, the writers, the talent, let's call them, they're not asking for too much. They're just asking for a little. And it's like, you know, what they're asking for is fair and I support them, you know, and we support them as a YouTube channel. So, you know, it's going to be tricky operating a movie YouTube channel uh, while all this is going on. And I, I mean... We're a, we talk TV too on this channel as well. So, and it all ties in together, but uh, I do want to say that I full heartedly support what they're doing. Yeah. And just, just quickly, anybody wondering why we may be doing videos, you know, other people have put videos out there saying whether they are or they're not, or the reasons for us, um, this brought all of us together. First of all, you know, talking about movies and television and, and things mm-hmm. going on in that business, uh, 
again, we're not in the movie business. We don't work. None of us have a job that's in the, in the business. We all work regular mm -hmm. jobs on a regular life. And this brought us together as a group to talk about things, to celebrate them. Um, that's what this is all about for us. It's about celebrating what we are given, the experiences that we are given, not from the studios, from the directors and the writers and the actors and the choreographers and the VFX artists and everybody that works on these films. They allow us to experience these projects and these things through theaters or streaming, which is a heavy part of it these days, obviously. So um, that's a large part as to why we are keeping things going here. Um, we're not live every day or dropping videos on a constant basis. We're live once a week. And we want to be able to talk about and celebrate those things that we are watching, that we are paying attention to, whether it be past, whether it be present or possibly future, because um, that will mm -hmm. be here in the in the very new future, future things. Um, and for example, like today, you know, Mission Impossible, uh, Dead Wrecking Part One was uh, dropped before most of this happened. And we want to make sure that those creators and those people who work so incredibly hard on this movie are given the spotlight they deserve because they deserve it. Not just when it comes to fair pay, which they deserve, but also shown the respect that, hey, we see what work you are doing. Um, so that, that is mainly why we are here doing this. You know, we could have easily said, no, we're not going to go live. We're not going to do that. Mm -hmm. And I respect everybody else who's doing that. But I also think that uh, this allows us to be able to celebrate the things that we are watching and enjoying together. Or, or maybe not so much enjoying it and discussing films and television with each other as we do on a weekly basis. So um, hopefully that, that allows you guys to stick around with us as we, as we do this. So, uh, and not lose too many people as we continue our discussions on a weekly basis. Um, yeah. So look, uh, Gio and Keith are going to be here at some point. Uh, they will, they will uh, jump in on our discussion um, as they trickle in Um but Jacob, I, I say we just kind of we, we stop beating around the bush here, <laughs> get into it, man, because we got a big, gigantic movie last week. Oh, yeah. Seventh installment of the Ethan Hunt saga with Tom Cruise. Uh, Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning wow. Part One <laughs> is officially available. It's out. We've seen it. We're going to talk about it. Um, there's so much to get to. So much in this. So much happened in this movie. It feels like forever ago that I saw it because I saw it last Monday um so it's been a long it's been over a week for me that i've been sitting with this waiting to talk about this uh but i, I let's just start out with our initial thoughts here you know kind of quick reactions theater out of the style theater elevator pitch reaction here uh <laughs> what did you think of mission impossible dead reckoning part one it is it embodies everything a hollywood blockbuster should be and i mean that in the best way possible i mean that you know, obviously, when you think of that, you think of, oh, good action, you know, it's good spectacles. It has all that, but also has great dialogue, great characters, great um, interaction between the, the performers. Introduce a lot, not a lot, but like a few new significant characters that I would, I would say in. a lot. Yeah, I mean, a lot for a, a lot. franchise where like, yeah, it kind of did. So like this franchise while continuing to, you know, stick to what it has been kind of since Ghost Protocol, they've kind of also been able to do something fresh every single time. And I, there's one scene in particular, but we'll talk more about it later. But I was just like, 
that is cinema right there. And like, I'm, I'm not, I don't want to, you know, talk about what's my favorite one yet, but it's going to be an interesting conversation. I can already tell you what my favorite one is, but we will, we'll wait. We'll wait. Um, no, look, I, I echo everything that you said. I think, um, you know, it, it's funny. It kind of captures a lot of different style of film on Mm -hmm. one side. It's the big gigantic money-making blockbuster that a lot of people expect to see when it, when a mission impossible name is on it. That also says Ethan Hunt, right? Or not Ethan Hunt, but Tom Cruise. Um, it, it has everything on, on that side of things. On another side of things, it's a very story, character-driven movie that doesn't feel like a big, gigantic, action-packed blockbuster at times. Like, And we'll get into it, but what Christopher McQuarrie and Tom Cruise have are... Their capability as a team... To not just make some of the best so action good. movies out there, not just the biggest stunts, but they really focus on characters and the character decisions and the whys and the what's and the how's of how these stories operate. And a lot of big budget action movies don't understand that. Um, and it's it's fantastic to see. It's it's very it's meticulous and it's uh, intelligent. And it's complex and it's like you said, it's everything that you want from a cinematic experience when you go to Mm -hmm. a movie theater. Like this is Mm -hmm. this is this is why we go to the movie theater. Um, So, yeah, I'm I'm happy to I'm happy to hear that you (laughs) had the same reaction I did. Oh, man, Uh, because we haven't talked about it. I mean, I haven't talked about it with anybody on this crew. Um, None of us saw it together. I mean, I didn't see it with any of you anyway. I don't know if you saw it with you or Keith or not, but um. I'm excited to get into this. I don't, I don't know where you want to start. There's a lot of pieces to get to. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm obviously a little bit more of a Mission Impossible nut than you are. <laughs> uh, but I think where we could start is maybe the story. Because the story is, for the first time in two movies, it's a completely different story. They wrapped up everything with Lane. Yeah. In the previous two movies, Rogue Nation and Fallout, that was kind of a double, a double whammy. This one is mm-hmm. the beginning of something new that we're seeing here with the AI. We get this artificial intelligence introduced <laughs> to the world in Mission Impossible. Um, and it's a completely different thing than we've ever seen in this franchise. But, and Jacob, I don't know if, you've, if you had the same reaction I did, but it is one of the most relevant current event type stories that I've seen in a movie in a very, very, very long time. Very long time. Yeah, and you know, I talked to you a little bit last week because you had seen it, and I asked, you know how I am, I don't want to know any spoilers, but like, so you were very careful telling me about it, and that's one thing that you said, and I was like, what could he mean by that? I mean, maybe the political landscape, whatever the case is, and I'm like, ah, the entity, that's (laughs) is what they call it, and like, for me, the opening submarine scene, I was like, what is going on here? Mm -hmm. And then like, it all makes sense, and and honestly, it's kind of the most terrifying thing possible. Because like, it's an, it's kind of an invisible enemy that has all the power, literally in the world. One hundred percent. It's like, I'm wondering if there's more to it, or if it literally is just an AI operating on its own. Um, but I, even if it is just that, it they they did an incredible job with that. Because like, you tell me, hey, the next villain in in the next Mission Impossible movie, it's AI, and I would be like, what? 
please no, that sounds dumb. But the way they executed it, so good. Like I felt the presence of the entity without ever having to see it. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, I can't think of every AI movie off the top of my head, but it honestly it's up there with something like the Terminators, the originals, and obviously yeah. those are through robots, right? They're through you know cyborgs and stuff like that. But it mm-hmm. is an AI operating everything, yeah, and doing everything. True. And for me, as far as the story goes, what they've created here, it it feels so realistic. And every part of it was so tight-knit. I was, like, so just engrossed with everything that was happening from the jump. Like, when the movie opened in the water, I was like, okay, what is happening here? Because we've never really done very much water stuff. Like, there was that one scene in Rogue Nation where he had to go underwater for three minutes but nothing as far as like submarines and stuff. And it's never really yeah, been a Mission and, Impossible style thing. And it wasn't, was that, that wasn't the ocean, was it? Or in, it was like, in I Rogue think it was Nation? like the Arctic or something. Yeah. I mean, it oh, have, it was. Yeah. But yeah, we started the movie underwater. There. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was a really cool. And then I was like, oh, well, interesting. They're going to make the Russians the bad guys here. But then, no, the Russians were mm-hmm. just the sacrificial lambs at, what truly was the major enemy in the AI. So uh, I'm excited to dive into a little bit more before we do. So I want to bring in our third member who is here. He has arrived in uh, you know, fashionably late fashion. I must say, Mr. Gio Ramos. Cheers guys. I ran out of beer. I was on my way home and I was like, do I have beer? No, I don't shit. And made it (laughs) nice. Gio, check your mic. Check your mic. Testing. Hello. Okay. Sounds better. Sounds good is, to me. Yeah. This is the me. this is the entity speaking. Yeah. Sounds good to me. Um, <laughs> hey, they can mimic your voice apparently. Like, and oh uh, uh, yeah, that's a real thing too. So, Geo, before before we move on uh, with the specifics that we are getting into, I just want your quick elevator pitch reaction to Dead Reckoning Part One. Elevator pitch. Uh, for the second year in a row, Tom Cruise has managed to save cinema, save <laughs> cinema, save the box office with a movie that I think will once again have incredible legs like Maverick last year going from Memorial Day, I think, through Labor Day. This movie, I, man, just incredible. I just can't wait to watch it again. And uh, me too. Me too. And Haley Atwell. My God. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. You said elevator. Uh, yeah, look, we uh, all we were getting into is the AI. We're talking about the artificial intel- intelligence, the entity, as they mm-hmm. say it in the movie. Um, I had said that it, it felt super realistic, that it was so relevant to kind of what was happening today. But I also loved how it wasn't like Ultron, where the AI just kept moving around or took over a body. It used other people as its pawns. Mm-hmm. And we obviously don't know everything about Gabriel just yet. Right. And, and kind of why he's doing this or why he's being forced into doing this, um, his decision making behind everything, because he's working for the entity. Um, but I, I love how everything was like, yes, the entity was the villain. But when it came down to it, it was still a Mission Impossible movie in the that they were going after Gabriel. They were never going after the entity like the entity is calling the shots and making the plans. But at the end of the day, it's about going after Gabriel and the bad guys, not the artificial intelligence, which I thought was a very, very smart move to make 
because if you're going against a machine, it's like, okay, well, that doesn't like, okay, the machine's driving cars and yeah. making decisions and stuff. Like having a physical being there is super cool. And I love how they tied it back to his past. It wasn't just a random person. Like it's someone that we, that we have never met before, but that Ethan Hunt had experienced 30 plus years ago. Um, so I was going to ask about that. That So they never mentioned this guy or nothing that has been shown in the previous movies. This is just something that we did never saw on screen. Something brand new. I like never, that. never seen in, a, like in previous movies. Uh, and I don't know if you guys saw or not, but they actually, the original script opened with a 30 minute de-aged Tom Cruise scene a la Indiana Jones. Wow. And, and they, they decided to go cool. against it. They decided to go against it, um, I think, because it just didn't fit with the flow of the rest of the movie. Yeah. yeah. And which I, I'm okay with. Like, I think <laughs> at this moment, the way that it played out, I'm absolutely okay with because we know that the second movie, part two, is going to explore that a lot more with Gabriel and who that woman was and everything. But it, it was enough to make us understand, like, okay, Gabriel killed what I believe was Ethan's partner slash girlfriend at the time. And they never saw each other ever again because then thereafter Ethan joined IMF and Gabriel was essentially a ghost on the map. Um, so I love that it, it came back around. I mean, it's the whole movie was kind of about coming back around. We had Kitrich, right? Come back. Like, yeah, it, it was, there was a lot of familiar faces returning in, um, in roles. And I love what, and I'll get into it more, but Macquarie's done that over time because, uh, and I don't know if you guys know this or not, if you remembered, but uh, White Widow, uh, Vanessa Kirby's character, is the daughter of a character from the first movie. Right. I only found that out afterwards. A uh, separate video. So yeah, she's like she's I, the daughter. You know, she's the yeah. daughter of Max, Go who figure. was the antagonist in the first movie. Yeah, or one of them, I should say. Right. Um, and she was mentioned again in this movie. Uh, you know, through Kit Rich and and her daughter and. McQuarrie again meticulously has just been he's been picking the right pieces in this franchise to to pull and use but then he's been creating such like such depth and complex additions to the franchise that have catapulted right. it into being what I think is arguably one of the greatest action franchises of all time. Like oh no question down. about that. Hands down. Of course, yeah. yeah. Seven movies in. And you know Jake you talked about relevance, and I'm sure you guys touched on this before, but I just want to be able to talk about it a little bit. Like, I don't think McQuarrie or Tom Cruise realized just how relevant this storyline would be in 2023. I was just yeah. reading that they started production February of 2020, which is one month before the shutdown. And it, the world has obviously been through a lot that now we have you know strikes going on because of the fear of what ai could do and then you throw in just to how much it has impacted our society so far you know with chat gpt i mean my god like it's scary just how quickly ai is accelerating and it feels like nobody is you know watching it you know we just uh, it's it's really trippy you know to think about and at times you know not the movie's fault but it could take you out of the movie because you're just saying you're just thinking about it in the back of your mind. Like this could actually really happen. You know, like what what we don't know about AI, what the military is keeping away from us. That's scary. You know, so there's that, too. But, you know, just 
the fact that Tom Cruise is 60 now and 62, just 62, I think 62 or 62. Oh and goodness. he's just, he's, con- <laughs> like, he's continuing to push the boundaries as far as, yeah. you know, stunts. And it's just crazy. You know, you, you talked about a, a movie, you know, that we've seen AIs from. How about Eagle Eye with uh, Shia LaBeouf? And, um, and Michelle Monaghan, Ethan Hunt's wife. Yeah, Michelle <laughs> Monaghan, that movie and how trippy that was, you know, and just uh, and, you know, to your point, Gabriel. Yeah, you need that antagonist, you know, because AI, if you go up against AI, you know, you can only do so much. But then you have even more reason to root against this antagonist because of what he does to Elsa, you know, like a beloved I will, character. I, he has shot up my leaderboard as most hated antagonists. Of all time, because I had just so I did a full blown Macquarie rewatch the day I saw Dead Reckoning. I watched both Mm -hmm. Rogue Nation and Fallout. I tweeted out how much I saw I loved Elsa and the fact that I think that she was the single best addition that the entire franchise ever made from from the very first movie until now. I think she is the greatest addition that they ever made to this franchise and they do her dirty. I'm making her die and like I, it felt off i will say it felt off from the from the beginning like the very beginning it just felt it felt like something was just weird was going on with ilsa and i'm, I'm not saying like i hated the decision making or or any of that but it was clearly being set up like from the from the get-go when you look back at it all it was just in your face the entire time like yes she's not making it like she's yeah. she's just not making it and I hate that the entity made Ethan choose. He didn't essentially, he didn't make a choice, obviously, but it was basically telling him it's one or the other. It's, it's the illusion. One is dying. Choice. Yeah. Um, like it's, it's not, it's not at the end of the day, it's not going to be your choice, but at the end of the day, there's only one that's going to be alive. Like one is only going to make it out of here. And obviously when you look at it, they're not going to kill Haley Atwell the second they introduce her. Like it never felt like that was the case. Um, but I would be lying if I wasn't like about to storm the screen <laughs> when that sword fight was happening, and I was just like, "Oh my god, they're really about to do this!" Like they're yeah. Really about to do I was this. getting Qui Gon Darth Maul vibes. Like, oh no, this isn't gonna. And end he, well. and he couldn't say goodbye. And we're like, Obi Wan. We're watching from behind us, literally a screen, and we're just like, like you can't Arr. let him say goodbye. <laughs> like she's already dead when he gets there. Like she can't just be alive a little bit. Jacob, did it hit you just as much that 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 death, or yeah, I mean, or did the fake out earlier kind of take away? I'm curious. So I think I mentioned that to you, Geo, or how or I was thinking it. It's like they played with her death in the beginning of the movie, right. yeah, and so it kind of like took away from the impact of it. Because I'm like, wait, is she really dead again? Like I don't know. Like now I'm, I was suspicious, but I believe she's really dead now. At this point, I believe oh, she's, she's really dead because that girl's oh, yeah. got too much gonna... going on with the Dune franchise anyway. Yeah, I was going to say, like, yeah, like she's, you know, hopefully she is, she has she a is lot locked going up on. with a lot of other projects. I mean, <laughs> Dune Part Two is already in the can. So, so Silo, that, Silo Season Two, the Dune Sisterhood yeah. series. She's yeah. got a lot going on. And uh, like, good, good. Yeah, Haley Atwell, I think, needed needs this franchise more than Rebecca Ferguson does. Like, no, no, no hate on her, but like, Haley Atwell's not starring in. How big blockbusters you, right now. Hey, how she had her day to shine in the Oh, MCU, she had her run. She had her own show. This too. this yeah. is this is how you sum this yeah. up. You went you went for Rebecca Ferguson, but you stayed for Haley Atwell. 
That's that's how you that's how you say it. Yeah, and yeah. I like that she's not like she's also not a, a super badass that can beat anybody up. She's just a thief who's uh, like I don't, so very I don't know. Stabby. She all of a sudden was kicking ass on the train. And well, like, so you gotta think of it this way too, and, and this goes back to how important that opening scene was. She's Ethan. Ethan was a thief. Mm-hmm. She's exactly the who whole Ethan trickery. was. Yeah. That's Ethan, and yeah. maybe not so much like sleight of hand. I don't know. We obviously don't know if Ethan was like great at sleight of hand or whatever, but he well, was yeah, the first one. They're trying to, yeah, the first movie, remember the first one. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm, well, yes, yeah. when, when it comes to him being an IMF, you're correct. Yeah. But I was uh, more yeah. so before the IMF. Like he just sure. seemed like some type of, uh, I know, robber, heist, break in guy, whatever it may be, stealing jewelry or whatever it is, just a classic yeah. criminal. But that's Haley Atwell. Like that's who she is. And that's, and I love that moment between Benji and ethan and uh ving rames and they're saying we were all given a choice we all had this moment where we were essentially running from something and it was the best decision that we ever made and that that turned her thoughts of like okay well i've been on the run my entire life i've been alone my entire life like maybe i can now have some sort of family family i love that like yeah, whatever. Jim. We're not doing, <laughs> We're not doing that. Um, and as much as it is like a oh, replace or take away Rebecca Ferguson, pull in Haley Atwell. In like you have to think of it when it comes to like spy teams and stuff. That's kind of what happens. Like in movies, like they kind of just they move parts in and out like all the time. Yeah. And yes, it's been the same team for a little while, but Ghost Protocol was a different team. Mission Impossible Three was a different team. Like, Speaking of which, it just kind of it, it just kind of rotates, and yeah, we had a great team for a little while, Rebecca Ferguson and everything. But was she ever really like truly a part of the team? No, not she really. She was never a part of it. She was only there to help because she had a relationship with Ethan. But it seems like Haley Atwell is going to actually become like a part of the EIMF team, which is kind of cool. So yeah, because did she was she actually ever an employee of the IMF? I don't think no, so. No, she right? was MI six. Yeah, that's right. So she just yeah. collaborated with them. She wasn't officially like on payroll or something. But yeah. you know, just while you're talking about that, the crew dynamic, the team dynamic between these characters is so amazing. Like, but uh, yeah, between all of them. And it's like, you could feel it on screen. And to me, when they're saying like, Vin Rames is saying like, hey, our lives don't, you know, don't matter when it comes to this mission. Like all that matters is completing the mission. And I mean, they say it in the trailers, but I love when Ethan Hunt says, I don't accept that. Like, and he, yep. free, he means it. Like, yeah. he truly means it. And, like, he knows he can't save everybody, but he's going to try his hardest to save everybody. And it's like, well, he usually does. I, yeah. They all Rebecca work so first, well together. Like, Elsa was the only one that, over the last couple of movies anyway, that, that didn't yeah. end up that way. And what is Ving Rain's character name? Luther. 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 Okay. So, just yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah, Luther, Benji, Ethan, like that. It just feels like true friendship. And it's like, you know, they don't have families or anything, uh, or uh, most of them don't. And they just have each other. And it's like, they really care. Like, they're devastated when they think something has happened to the other. And like, when they they all come back together safe, they're like, they're just like, oh my God, thank goodness. Like, I think Benji, when he comes in at the end, Benji is just so relieved to see that he's safe. And just that, those type of things, like really hit me because it was it's it's so well because if they you know handle those relationships so well then when they're out there on the mission and 
Honestly, in this franchise, I believe anyone can die at any moment except Ethan Hunt, right? I mean, maybe at, in the last one he will, but everyone except Ethan is fair game. And I don't feel that about most franchises. So uh, it's really uh, it works really well because you're putting characters that we care about and that they care about each other in danger. And it, yeah, it makes it intense. Yeah, I mean, and to add more to the Elsa death, they had to give us a moment between Elsa and Ethan together. You know, their first time in uh, what was the city? Uh, it was Italy, Venice, right? Of uh, they're in Venice on the boat. Ah, yeah. Venice, and they're there, and oh, they have a nice. moment, and it's just like, okay, I, I feel like something's about to happen right here, and you know, it was just crazy. And well, there, you know, I, I, I saw, I saw, and this is obviously going past the movie itself, but Rebecca Ferguson was talking about their relationship, like Ethan and Ilsa's relationship how it goes past romance like the romance is there clearly like they have there's an attraction but it's more about the fact that they know they can trust and count on each other and Mm -hmm. in their world they can't do that like they can't do that with a lot of people and it's not possible And, and going back to what you were saying jacob about with benji and luther for ethan they've been around for a long time um but he can trust her through everything that's been that's happened and all the stuff with Lane and MI6 and everything. There's just something about her that he knows whenever she's around, he can trust her. And it's like the beginning of the movie, right? Mm-hmm. Kittrick sends him because he knows she'll react to him. She yep. won't react to anybody else. She mm-hmm. trusts him more than anybody on that planet, right? She's about to kill Ethan before she sees his face. And I just love that it never had to be romantic because a lot of movies would make it romantic. A lot of movies would make them the romantic couple out of the group that they were together or they had an attraction, but they couldn't be together because of the jobs or whatever. It was there. We didn't need to see it, but it was past that because of the trust and, and just the ability to know that I, I, this person, I can count on you. Like you can be there if I give you a call or if you need me. Um, and it goes back to what I was saying earlier about McQuarrie with characters, man. I mean, this guy in a big, gigantic blockbuster action movie, he's making us care about characters. And how many movies can we say have done that? Like that's hard. That is yeah. very, very hard. Story yeah. and the character. Writing is, the writing is so good in these movies. Yeah. And this one, this might be the best written one. I guess the, I was just intrigued with the dialogue the whole time. And I was uh, speaking of that, the runtime, right? It's two forty-five. I didn't felt feel like it. two hours. I, I when it was over, I was like, "That's it." Yeah, <laughs> give me more. I did not yeah. feel the runtime in this movie. It was exciting. Every single scene was exciting, and it just flew by. And I yeah. freaking loved that. I get really weird. I was a little intimidated by the runtime at first, but I could have sat no. there for four hours. Yeah, I wanted part two right away. Well, so it came out today that the train sequence was supposed to be a 90 minute sequence. And I'm like, where's that 90 minutes? I would have sat there for 90 minutes. I would have watched it. (laughs) That that to me was probably the best action sequence right there. Just uh, I I think I agree with you. Oh, man. And dude, it just makes me wish I saw this in IMAX because I could clearly see some some moments where it's just like, okay, dude, there's more. Like, it's, ah. it's incredible. So we can, there's a lot more to talk about, obviously, but I do want to talk about like the action and the stunts and everything. 
before we get to the train sequence, I want to just mention the cliff jump because that was the one that had been mm. you know, spotlighted the entire time, right? Like from the very moment we saw it, it's, it was spotlighted. I will say this for as much as we saw it in trailers and footage, behind the scenes stuff, featurettes, all that stuff. I was still so enamored with the sequence because of the lead up and how it kind of wrapped up because what we don't see in the trailers and what we don't see in the behind the scenes footage is that there's footage of him pulling the parachute and then gliding down the cliff, which means someone jumped with him and was actually recording him as he's gliding <laughs> down the cliff, Yeah, which ah. we don't see in the trailers. We don't see him up close shot of pulling the parachute or him in the air yelling at Benji because he's literally yelling at Benji on the comms as he's cliff diving. He's always it. yelling at Benji, it's, whether it's hanging so off fantastic. a plane. Open the door. It's so great. But like, <laughs> I just like, yes, they, they showed us the stunt, which was okay because the train sequence was the one that really, that's the biggest of all of them. Yes, the stunt itself in real life is crazy, but the train sequence, as far as the movie goes, is the biggest part. Yeah. But I love that there's a big beginning and an even bigger ending to that sequence that we didn't see that left us like, okay, yes, that was still satisfying. Yeah, they handled it very well. I love the build up to it because they started planning the mission, right? And you're like, oh, like yeah. you knew it was coming. And I, yeah. I forget, oh, oh. Benji was leading him to the cliff, right? And Ethan didn't know where he was going. I love that he's, sequence. He's like, where are you sending me, Benji? Yeah. And us as an audience, we knew what was coming, but yeah. Ethan didn't. And then Benji's like, um, just keep going, just keep going, make a left. And <laughs> that was so well done because the anticipation built up and then he finally jumps off. And they could have easily shown him entering the train from his perspective. <laughs> but the way yeah. they did it, was so well done just him crashing barreling in there in. yeah yeah and just knocks the dude out like that was that was right. so unexpected and well done before we continue this we got to bring in our fourth member of the evening that way we can talk about this all together here he has arrived mr keith barnes what's Dad, up man what's up uh, buddy yo got home a little later than expected uh i still have i still have to work because uh jake my uh uh the money that Lucasfilm paid us for our uh, Indiana Jones. Oh, movie. here we go. Here we hasn't go. Hasn't yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> hasn't cleared yet. Uh, so. <laughs> all right, Keith. Real quick, uh, we're talking about the stunts, action, cliff jump, train sequence. Before we continue that, I do. I got to get your quick elevator pitch reaction to Dead Reckoning Part One before we continue. Uh, contender for best of the year so far, for sure. Okay. All right. Mm -hmm. Fair enough. Um, okay. So we were talking about the cliff jump. I don't know if anybody else has any final thoughts on the cliff jump before we get to the big giant train sequence, because my God, what a sequence that was. Any, any thoughts on the cliff jump itself, boys, geo Keith. Keith. Um, well, I wish, I wish I hadn't, I know why they, they got to do it. Cause I wonder if they, I think they, they probably shot that. Most of this was shot like during COVID, right? From, you know, yeah. it was all shot that, during COVID, yeah. And that was this. This is the one where he was yelling at the yelling at the people. Yeah. Like, okay. Mm. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't ever want to say it again. Uh, 
Yeah, no, I think they did this pretty early, probably then, right? When they released, I would imagine, right? It's probably one of the first things they did, I guess. I, I want, I want to, I meant to look that up, but uh, maybe pretty spectacular. Um, so I kind of wish I was watching it, and like Jacob said, it clicked as soon as I saw him pull up with the dirt bike or the motorcycle, whatever it was. I went, oh, okay, that's this. <laughs> you know, I didn't think about it the whole movie. Didn't think about it until that scene was coming. And I went, oh, okay. They went all the way to the end with this one. Remember the airplane one it was right in the beginning of Rogue Nation. Yeah. This one's all the way to the end. So it was awesome. Like you guys talked about all the extra stuff with him like pulling the shoot, him yelling at <laughs> Benji, him trying to figure out still where he's going and all that stuff. Um, um, yeah. So I, I kind of wish I hadn't seen it already, seen the behind the scenes of it. Um, but it still worked, even having seen it. And also, even knowing it was coming, it was still incredible. It still worked. You know, I was, I was in it. So it was awesome. Gio, you good? Yeah. I mean, just awesome sequence. You know, very, very funny lead up to it. You know, and the fact that Ethan Hunt has not fired Benji from the team. I mean, last movie, he had him jump out of a window. And like, oh, it's in 2D mode. <laughs> like, damn. Man, just, I, I, I one wonders how much easier Ethan's job would be without Benji. But then also, what? But, but then, but come then on also, now, come been on. Then also, years ago, he he wouldn't be. A, damn, let me finish. God, <laughs> never go. Yeah, you guys finished it though. Yes, I was no, going to say, good, good. but with that, um, let's talk about the train sequence because like this is the the, the pivotal moment of the movie. Everything kind of comes down to it. They're hunting the key uh every major player is on the train um we have the mask you know grace is under the mask of the white widow mm-hmm. kit rich is there gabriel is there jacob mentioned ethan comes crashing in <laughs> and then uh we see the bridge sequence bridge gets blown up and each car just goes tumbling over one by one i gotta say guys like there's a there's a lot of different ways you can do a train sequence but i loved how video game it felt go through one car okay it's over oh wait the next Mm -hmm. car is going over the bridge go through that car oh wait next car is going through the bridge it felt and it just like your heart kept pounding faster and faster realizing that they had to go through three four five cars before they were actually safe one being a kitchen one having the giant piano one fighting Mm. up the car like it just it was so brilliantly shot so brilliantly choreographed just everything about it was so real it, it was it was so much fun to watch so Sarger, much Sarger pointed it out right here at uh uncharted train stunt and it's exactly the opening to uncharted 2 the game uh although i guess i is this also did they put this in the movie as well i, I think did they put the train thing? I don't in? remember the train sequence in the movie, no. Okay, I thought okay, I thought I heard they did. Okay, okay. Well, well, it's in the game. It's in Uncharted 2. It's the opening of Uncharted 2. It's one of those openings, and then it's it's, it's a flash forward, and then you play the game, and then you play up to the part where you do the train thing. But, but uh mm. yeah. <clears throat> but it's it, I I can't wait to see the behind the scenes on that. Because I, I guarantee that's this they followed like that. That's where they got this from. Like they just did it better. Now Uncharted can't do it if they ever make a sequel. <laughs> Mission Impossible did it way better than, than they ever would have. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's so intense. And love the callback to the first movie with the fight with Eastside Morales on top of the train. I don't know if you guys thought, I'm, I'm sure you guys have. I was, I was listening on my way home. Um, 
but talk about Isai Morales, what a great performance by him um, as the human villain. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, I love the callback to the first uh, to the first movie, the train fight on the fight on top of the train. Um, a few, there's a few callbacks to that first movie in this movie. Uh, you guys probably covered a lot of them, but uh, yeah, it was really cool. Uh, looked really good. Uh, I, I didn't love. It's not a big deal. It didn't take me out of it, and the only reason that this didn't take me out is because they pointed this out. I think Alec Baldwin, I think, pointed this out a couple movies back. But the way he crashes into the train to save, uh, you didn't love that Haley Atwell. He hit the exact person that was about like right as <laughs> like maybe that you know Ethan's Ethan never misses. He never misses. Well, he was aiming for it. No, he wasn't. See, that's the thing. Alec Baldwin pointed out to and, and I think uh, or it may have been Jeremy Renner. I can't remember, but so much of what he's done has come down to luck. <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. And like they pointed that out. I think it was in. I might have been Ghost Protocol. I can't remember. Nitpicking, one. nitpicking. But uh, it's not nitpicking. They put it in the movie. They put it in the series. They say nitpick. it. <laughs> the, the head of the government actually literally says, "We, you mean to tell me like it seems like everything they do, all their successes have all just been based on luck, blind luck." <laughs> so I literally thought of that right as that happened. Like, well, all right, fine. <laughs> I mean. Uh, yeah, it didn't take me out of the movie, right? But I went, like, oh, goodness gracious. <laughs> but, I mean, um, it was cool. I mean, I said, I'm glad, you know, I'm glad it happened. Um, <clears throat> but, yeah, that was it was awesome, spectacular. It was like the big, uh, other than like the jumping off the, the cliff there, I guess the train thing was like the, like you said, Jake, it was like it was the big, big stunt. Like, you know, there's always like one big, crazy, you know, him doing the halo jump or climbing the building or hanging on to the airplane. And I guess did was- they show the train sequence in the trailers? Not the whole, not at all, but like the each car falling down slowly. No. no. Okay. Okay. That's yeah, cool. Okay. Well, then, not yeah, yeah. not well, in the original trailers. It might have been. Yeah. I know that they they there was a shot after the movie came out. There was a shot of the bridge blowing up, and then there was that mm. downward shot. Right before the piano fell of Ethan and Grace hanging on, they yeah. had that yeah. shot in the trailer as well, but that's it. Yeah, but we didn't know that what we were going to get. I love right. how it's like they're just the, each car's falling slowly one by one. Like, I never you know what saw, it was. Yeah. It was drastic. It was the Lost World. Oh, yeah, but over and over that's again. Exactly what I thought I about. Yeah. It, it was, was like, I don't know how many, yeah. four or five of them. And it's like, Usually when characters are in danger like that, it's like very fast paced, right? But it's like, nope, these are slowly falling. Boom. Get, and that would be terrifying. That piano scene, man, right. hanging on by one little latch. Right. That was, very that you can was feel crazy. The, I honestly wondered, like, she might not make this. I knew she would, but like. So that <laughs> scene, uh, obviously they're not hanging from a train, but I, I listened to Haley Atwell talking. You know the moment where she kind of like, she like nods like super funnily where she mm-hmm. nods like yes or no or whatever. Mm-hmm. And she kind of reacts. That's oh, that was real yeah. in the moment. Oh, when he asked like, her, she was okay. Like that's real. Yeah, that's said, the real, she, no, that was the yeah. real reaction. And yeah. she had to make that jump while they were filming. Oh, um, wow. she's like, I'm not used to doing action like yeah. this, like yeah, right. over she, at she Marvel. Said, like, Hey, she, yeah. She <laughs> said that uh, she wasn't told that she had to make a jump. And Tom obviously in the moment was like, 
Hey, really? are you ready? And she reacted that way. That was a real, wow. real authentic reaction. Hey, he you did uh, the slice the alone and staying alive. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's a couple it. of moments like that. I, I, made, I made some. I made some notes. Um, but one of those is uh, Rebecca Ferguson. I don't know if you when she's fighting Eastside Morales on that bridge, she slipped when mm-hmm. after he stabbed her, and she like slips off one of the steps. Like that looked like oh, I think she actually slipped. <laughs> Um, <laughs> and then there's another one uh, about with Rebecca Ferguson uh, to jump back to the beginning. Apparently, she can't wink, and that's why she had that high patch. Because when she they had her, uh, I was listening to an interview with, with her and uh, had her look through the scope, and she can't she can't do this <laughs> and look through the scope. So they just figured out, uh, uh, you know what? This Macquarie was like, oh, let's just get an eye patch to cover her eye. Well, well like she couldn't you, close you- one eye. Let's put you in the desert and we'll put an eye patch over you so it makes it realistic. I like yeah, it. Yeah, it like looked it. cool. Actually, looked really by the cool, way. Cool look. I will say, the one thing that I would have loved to have seen is going back to that opening sequence because we haven't talked about her. Um, the beginning of the movie is all about uh, you know this key and Ilsa has this key, and I don't know how they would have made it work, but they <laughs> talked about Kirich brought up how all of these missionaries and bounty hunters and everything are after this key. So they're after Ilsa. I would have loved to have seen them twist the story a little bit to make one of those opening bounty hunters, Palm Clementy, instead of just a Mm. random character. I think it would have been a really cool introduction rather than them just all dying in the beginning. Cause there was a, there was a blonde woman who was, leading the mission of the of those missionaries or not missionaries but the mercenaries yeah. mm-hmm. um and i think it would have been really cool for the one of them to be palm because then we met her later on and although she was yeah. working for the ai it probably wouldn't have worked that way they would have had to twisted it i do think it would have been really cool to see one of them get away and then see ethan and Elsa and like kind of twist the story that way but that's it sure yeah that would work that would work well listen uh I'm glad you mentioned her. One of my notes is great performance by Mom Clemente at the end. Her she was really good. Awesome. That was a great scene. Her death scene. Which we know she's not. She, she is what Ruby Rose tried to be in John Wick Chapter 2. That's <laughs> much better. Yeah. No, you're that, that's great she's call. just a better actress. Yeah. Yeah. yeah 100%. True. I, I've never smart. been so happy to hear, we got a pulse. Like, usually in movies, yeah, right. I'm like, oh my god, really? But that one, I was yeah, like, same, thank same. You. So, okay, question then. Do you think to she's going to be a part of Ethan's team in the next movie? She no. joins the family. Yeah. <laughs> if it was that well, fast, she would, but no, I don't know. So, I think it'll be more, she'll be more kind of like how Ilsa was, where like she helps them, but she's not officially a part of the team type thing. Because she's the that. only one outside of Gabriel where she knows where everything is. Mm. she she could become a person of interest like yeah she is the only person outside of gabriel that knows everything about the about the entity so that's why i asked she's gonna help i don't think she'll be like on the team like they brought in Haley atwell you know what i mean like they had so we think it'll probably took her in honestly right it'll be ethan benji luther and grace that's the four and please Mm -hmm. please uh uh uh, macquarie Bring back Paula Patton as Agent Carter, please. I've been please. saying that for ten years. Just she was great, even even for a glorified cameo. I know. Bring back Whatever. Renner. 
Rainer. Yeah, bring back Rainer. I know. What happened with that? Well, not now because he's all. <laughs> well, he should. He now. during Fallout, he was shooting Hawkeye, which is what, or and and I think is what he was yeah, doing. He, so he couldn't do it. Yeah. Mm. Well, I mean, Keith, he can still do it because you know he's a little bit behind the scenes now. He's he's back at the uh, headquarters, you know, and yeah, yeah, maybe yeah. just not out in the field. Maybe he can be in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He was in Rogue Nation, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He was yeah, in Ghost Protocol remember. and Rogue Nation, and he was out in the field oh. in Rogue Nation. He oh, duh. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That chase sequence. Ah, uh, kind of. He Michael. he was forced to be out in the field. Yeah. 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 That, I mean, enough to where I mean, he was listen. He was wielding weapons and fighting people. Yeah. You know. <laughs> and they. Oh, and Ghost Protocol. They put him in the. He did the the hanging stunt. Remember mm-hmm. in the in the car uh, car place. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm mean, out. I don't think he could do that now. Yeah, yeah but Jake Paul Patton. I completely agree, man. Bring. Yeah. Uh, it's it's weird that. They've carried over. <laughs> I think I'm sure we've pointed out probably when we talk about Fallout, <laughs> but like the, Paula Patton, uh, what I think, uh, what's her name uh, from Three? Uh, Leah Sado. Uh, oh, uh, no, um, uh, Maggie Q. Maggie Q. Yeah, Maggie Q. Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? Like they keep kind of <laughs> Tandy Newton from the second one. I mean, they kind of like a different lady in this one. So it's cool that they carried right, over. They were trying. And I think that's why McQuarrie kind of shifted gears. They were trying to be James Bond. Yeah. Right? Every knew, movie was different team, yeah. women, yeah. friends. But then McQuarrie stepped in and said, no, I'm going to use the best parts of what you have, but also add new things mm-hmm. that I and can give use them an the arc. Couple of movies. Yeah. Well, yeah. You know, and that's, they, they, McQuarrie and Cruz both credit uh, the MCU for uh, serializing these movies. Like carrying mm. some, like carrying over the villains and carrying over some of the team over the course of the, you know. I think that's what made what has made them so good is like the, this core team carrying over into each movie, and it's like I talked about earlier, Keith. I was talking about the team dynamic and how like they make mm. you care about these characters first, right. and then they put them in extremely dangerous switch situations. So, yeah, having that carry over and not have to get to know all new characters every time, I think it really yeah, helps. yeah, I agree. Agrees because even his bosses, like, like, look, he had Anthony Hopkins, he had Lawrence Fishburne was his boss. Um, obviously, Alex Baldwin, Tom, uh, Tom uh, Wilkinson was in, Rogue yeah, Rogue the Rogue agents, Rogue uh, Batman the, Begins, Falcon, yeah, were the two American officers or whatever they first were, first time agents, we'd ever seen spies, him. were they first timers? Mm-hmm. Okay. Shane Wiggum, but I hope Shane we Wiggum. see him again because Shane Wiggum yeah. is awesome, he's great, I love, I love him. him so much. Love him. I love I the gag of like, here, let me get your face. Yeah, yeah. we just make sure, dude. You got to check everyone's face in this world. Like, you got to grab everyone by the. Like, (laughs) I'd be like, every time I see someone here, let me touch your face. Like, was he? uh, Oh, one of my notes is I love masks. I was like, every time I see the the thing, to bring up the briefcase with the mask thing, it never gets old. I I love it. It It never gets old. Mission Impossible Two was too much. They did it too much with the mask. Well, that's okay. Did the entity destroy the machine somehow? It seems like it, right? Yeah, like it's probably. Or do they overuse it, or does uh, it not connect well, Wi-Fi? So that's it, it that's an interesting in ghost protocol. Like it's been broken before. Yeah, uh, I don't. So. It it's. I guess the question is, can it, can the entity enter something without it being plugged in slash connected to the internet? Jeez. That's the question yeah. that we have to ask ourselves yeah, like because I doubt. Some... Yeah, like I doubt that's connected to the internet. No. And then we saw yeah. we saw their computers being, you know, twisted. Obviously, right? The entity was acting as Benji. So, but that was Wi-Fi. Mm-hmm. That was through the, 
the satellites yeah, and all yeah. that stuff. And so anything with satellites and oh, but uh, Luther came up with a way to get past that at the end. Though I'm super interested on where he went by what the way. he's doing. Like, I know. I'm super curious on one where he went and two if he has anybody with him. There's your chance to bring someone back if he yeah. goes somewhere. Mm -hmm. Because mm -hmm. he is in all the previous movies. Well, Benji was they, a was an office guy before that. He knew everybody, so there is a chance that we could see someone if Luther is asking for help from someone that wasn't involved. Oh, yeah. Wait, wait. If they didn't somewhere. kill, uh, if they didn't kill Emilio Estevez, it could have been him because he was the yeah. actor guy in the first one. <laughs> but he but, he has probably the most gruesome death in the entire franchise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> elevator yeah. On his face. Mm, yeah, I'll never forget about that. Yeah. Oh, terrible. Sorry, Remind me again what happened to Luther? Like, he so said, at the uh, very end, he said, "I have to go off the grid. I gotta leave. I gotta go do something." And well, he was he's essentially, uh, he's like code. He said he's going through. I think he's going through all the code. Like, well, yeah, he, he has to. But he, has, he said, "I have to go analog. Yeah, I have to be off the grid. I can't be digital. You're not going to mm -hmm. hear from me. Yeah, but just know that I'm essentially trying to break this thing because he's a coder. Like that's right. that's his skill. They have yeah. that bit between Benji and him." about cracking stuff and at the very beginning at the airport and luther yeah. does it with the with the faces and benji's like how are you doing this and Remember, so yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. it's yeah, set up really yeah. early that luther when it comes to tech and computers he can, yeah he's the he's guy, the guy. Mm -hmm. yeah. i love that airport it's like a whole like yeah that, that airport seems wow, so it's like no it's so ethan's right good. there he's right in front of you right it's well amazing. and and the stuff like how they introduce grace as well at the very beginning, mm -hmm. right? Because you think that, okay, she's obviously working for someone, but no, she's just looking for the money like a, like a classic thief. And then yeah. you throw in the Shea Wingham stuff, but then you throw in the bomb with Benji, yeah. uh, which ultimately wasn't a bomb. Yeah. And it's just, it's it was a very well done scene. Again, another great scene. I will say really quick, uh, I'll get back to that, but my first note was uh, Angela Bassett photo because you, yeah. you saw the mm. out of focus picture. I think we'll see her again. I, again, going going back to the Renner thing, she just couldn't do it because of Black Panther two. Right, right, right. That's all. Um, but uh, yeah, the airport. Well, the thing, Luther. Uh, what can I say? He mentioned. Uh, you remember uh, in Age of Ultron when Tony went to like the Internet Hub in Oslo to try to? I think he's doing something kind of like that, where he's like trying to figure out how to get in this yeah. thing and, and take it down from the inside if he can, um, which would be really cool. Uh, but yeah, man, uh, I love. I think it's great about uh, Haley Atwell character Grace is she's not a part of this whole espionage world. She she's a thief, a professional thief. She's very good at what she does. But but I I just love how like at every moment she's like, this is crazy. I'm getting out of here. Like she's that driving sequence? Away. Oh my god. <laughs> she's constantly trying to run away or drive away. Or She's like, this is y'all. This is nuts. I'm out of here. Well, we haven't had a character like that in any of these movies. That's the thing I love about her. It's I kind love of a point of view character. That for the first time in all seven movies, we had someone who could not drive a car. Sure. Yeah. Every other character yeah. is capable yeah. of speeding around a city running from cops and That's mercenaries saying, and the like, bad guys. Right, right. And Grace <laughs> steps into behind the wheel and she's like, running I don't, over I don't know motorcycles <laughs> and denting cars and almost hitting babies and all <laughs> right. of this stuff is happening. And it, yeah, again, it just it adds freshness to it all. Um, and like yeah. you said, Keith, he's, she's not a part of the world. But I mentioned it. I think I don't think you were here. She is Ethan. 
30 years ago before he entered the IMF. Hmm. Oh, yeah. Because we learned at the beginning of the movie that he's just a thief. Apparently, he was a criminal. Yeah. He's a criminal thief who was stealing stuff. And that's essentially what she's doing in modern day. Yeah. Um, and we haven't talked about that that city driving sequence, but incredible. With, with Palm yeah, in no, the yeah, giant yeah. truck and everything, yeah. like so yeah. good. <laughs> oh, she's just running over everything that's in her path. So good. <laughs> she didn't care. Um, but yeah, they kind of retcon some of the because I I got the sense I can't remember remember from the first one, but he was like fresh out of the army or something. I, did, I couldn't or out of the military. They know. could have that could have been his fake backstory if you think about it. Like that's just what he tells has yeah. to tell the crew or yeah. something. But I I, I re- the first one is interesting because like it's so unlike the rest of them. <laughs> but I, I really like the first one though. Honestly. Well, the first this, one is the most, the most. It's the most spy espionage out of yeah. all of them. That's yeah. why. Yeah, and I think this it one goes heavy most, into that. This one's the most like the first one, and this one is most like the first one because it goes hardcore into the spy espionage, but not as much as the first one. Right. Yeah, and the first one's just like basically at one location, you know, the building, and then right outside, basically like the, well, the rest are like globe trotting movies. Right, right, exactly, and trying to save a, you know, trying to stop some super villain from getting mm-hmm. the thing. You know, or I mean, they're trying to get that list of the agents in the first one. But... Wasn't the first one rated R, if I'm not mistaken? Was it? I don't think so. Checking that right now. Mm, I don't yeah, because that. I'm pretty sure it was pretty violent, but I don't know why I thought of that. Mm. It, it might have been. I don't remember. Yeah, maybe. Uh, it was PG-13, 96. Oh, okay. 1996. But it was pretty brutal, if I remember. Uh, I think PG-13 that just... Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, a guy got... You got crushed in an elevator. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, yeah, Did you guys talk about Carrie Elways? Did you mention Carrie Elways? We have Elways not talked again? about him yet, no. I, it is two scenes. My only, yes. Um, <laughs> my only semi Is he the government guy? At the very he's the, na- he's the uh, director of uh, national, national intelligence right here. National he's on the train, too? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, he was on the train, right? Yeah, he yeah. died on the train. Did they kill him? I can't remember. Yeah, that the Gabriel sliced one? his throat. That's right. Yes. Oh, okay. that's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, he sliced mm-hmm. his throat. Because remember, he goes, he goes, I'm the only one who knows. And I've made yes. sure I'm the only one who knows. And Gabriel goes, yes. well, I know, bro. There yeah. you go. Exactly. So here, yep. Go mm-hmm. promote Rebel Moon. There you go. He just decided, yeah, his own death. He just <laughs> made his own bed. Which is, which is crazy because he's obviously a national official, right? And he was involved in something and clearly doing it secretive but i had i was wondering if he and kittrich were there together or if they were there separate doesn't seem like it i th- yeah, I, I have a feeling that, that they were there separate i think they were yeah, because because carrie ellis's character had his his own bodyguards um mm-hmm. yeah that palm absolutely just dusted well dusted. Yeah, 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 so just dusted which i love but well, kittrich yeah, was like kittrich was like i'm not here yeah, the Kittredge stuff was super interesting. You know, he obviously has a connection with Ethan. He know he knew Max, and knowing Max then turned knowing her children. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder what he has to play in the next one. Uh, I don't know if his story is over or not. Ethan has the key, so well, where else does his story go? I don't know, but. He's going to give Grace a choice. We, we didn't hear what that was yet. Yeah, I think he's their connection to the government. Somebody that Ethan kind of can trust. So, okay, I, I had a question for you guys because I had, I had this outside the theater. 
I got the vibe from the opening office scene where we see all like the super high up important U.S. national right. intelligent people. I want, First I want of all, talk about that scene and Dina Varma clearly, un- I cannot believe they used her in just that small of a role. Oh, yeah. But anyway, um, did you guys get the vibe that there's no actual leader of the IMF? Okay, Jake, that's incredible that you just asked this question. Like, had, I, why, why do thing, I feel when we talked about Fallout, we had this exact same? Well, so no, in Fallout, it was it was Alec Baldwin. Like Alec well, no, Baldwin but was. But here's the thing. Not not to cut you off. But I asked the question, and I asked you, <laughs> who, where, where is the IMF in the in the uh, chain of command? Like, where are they in the in the uh, whatever you want to call it? I don't want to say hierarchy. Well, there are clearly there are secret organization that not even the national, the Secretary of National Intelligence knows about. Well, they mm-hmm. they kind of answered that. They in this one, they finally say they answer directly to the president. Yeah. Which they've never said in any other movies before. It's always been Angela Bassett yeah. or but, some liaison that they had well, to answer to. They so, answered the president. But I, I still think that so there was always some type of like master of commander of the IMF. Like in the third one, it's Lawrence Fishburne, right? Yeah. In the first one, it's Anthony Hopkins. In uh in Fallout, or at the end of Rogue Nation in Fallout, it's Alec Baldwin. And now yeah. at the end of Fallout, it was never made clear whether Angela Bassett was taking over or if someone was going to step in because she was the head of CIA. Head now of CIA. I still get the, I get the vibe that she's still the head of CIA. Yes. I'm just curious if they ever actually appointed someone to the I IMF so. or if Angela Bassett's character basically went to the president and said, Hey, I, got I trust team. this. Yes. I, I love this. These are your dogs. Let you them, call them, them for know. what you need. So because I guess Alec- possible. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, to Keith. I was gonna say real quick because remember Alec Baldwin was the head of CIA. He stepped down to run. Yeah, and he went to IMF. Yeah, and he said it because he said it was a step down. Remember, he, yes. People, <laughs> best, like so I think that but. Angela Bassett's character basically said, "Nope, no CIA, no FBI, no NSA. IMF is number one. President, here you go." Gio, go ahead. What are you about to say? Well, no, I, I was just reading here. I guess Angela Bassett was initially going to return, but the oh. uh, COVID nineteen travel restrictions. I think she'll be in the already... next one. I, I think she'll be in the next oh, yeah. one, which is why they put the picture in there. I think that's why they did that. Right, and mm. you know, uh, Jake, I was thinking about like the two separate parties and them knowing if they were, you know, like are are they there together or not in the train. Didn't Shea Wiggum's character react a certain way when I forget which one was it was on the train? Oh, when he saw Kitridge. We saw Kitridge. It was Kitridge. Yeah, He's just and, like, "What are you doing?" Well, and Kitridge right? goes and he says, "I'm not here." I'm not here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm sure that made uh, Shea Wiggum's character just go even more like, right? Maybe it's yeah, but not... he he seems like such a straight arrow. Like, if I'm told oh. something, like, oh yeah, those he are follows orders. orders. He's right? And I think. He's, and, he's Luke Hobbs in Fast Five. Hobbs, Although he's, hold well, on, he's like what Jeremy Renner was in uh, yeah, honestly, yeah in, in Jeremy Fast Renner, Fast. yeah, yeah. Is okay. Backpedal. Didn't <laughs> Kitridge say he's the the head of CIA in the movie? I can't Who's remember. Oh, I'm pretty know. sure he said he's the head of CIA. Maybe in in Dead Reckoning. Gordon help which, us. Which which means that Angela Bassett would not be head of CIA. Well, well, maybe because well, we saw her picture out of frame. Maybe out of she took over the IMF. 
Well, then where is she? <laughs> I, that's what but I'm is saying. the head of CIA no, like no. out there, out there on the field, like front lines like that? I don't no, know. Well, they're... Angela Bassett was around in Fallout. She the wasn't like CIA physically is... there, but she was always yeah. around. The head of CIA, the, the person yeah. that's kind of sort of in charge of them is always in the offices trying to vouch <laughs> for them and explain why they're doing what they're doing or or right. so yeah. time maybe to, to maybe angela bassett maybe the end of fallout like it because it was never clearly said but maybe she did take over the imf mm. there has to be a, a a commander in imf one person who oversees it can't just be a bunch of agents around the world the president calls and said hey i got the job for you like well is it, they, is it, is it not the, the is it not the entity? Maybe. <laughs> I, well, the entity kind of. So, all right. What if, what I'm if not the familiar entity with is the president? Oh, no, I'm, just kidding. I'm not familiar with all the names, but the guy that Haley Atwell tells, like I choose Kit to Kitrich, right? Yes. So he has to approve her joining IMF, right? So what does that mean? Well, so he was originally yeah. IMF. Yeah, in, okay. the, in the first movie, he was a part of it all, yeah. and yeah. that's why he and Ethan have such like this history with each other. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I'm pretty sure in the movie, he said he's head of CIA. I, I don't remember, but oh, okay. okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because I mean, I mean that would make really... sense according yeah. to Alec Baldwin, right? Like, a step up from IMF would be CIA, so maybe he took that job after Angela Bassett stepped down, or Angela Bassett took another position in the government where she can yeah like well, maybe she clearly don't explain the roles in the movie no <laughs> which, they never which, have which, honestly <laughs> like it's not that big of a deal oh but, no it's oh, not no. a bad thing because when yeah. would they have time to tell us you know i, I think it's yeah. i think it's kind of cool that the imf is is just like super like it's just left open as this super ghost organization they're just black ops exactly yeah they're more or less a black ops team yeah like world. it's just they're just out there and if someone needs something done like even when they say the name at the very beginning, like Kit Ridge to Carrie Elwes's character, he's he hesitantly says they're called the impossible impossible mission. Right, you know like it's a total now. joke name. Exactly. Like who would ever believe the IMF exactly. actually exists? Well, and because they have to do the stuff that they do, as they say <laughs> in every message that they say, you know, as as always, if either you or any of your team are caught or killed, the government will okay. disavow any knowledge of so, Secretary will disavow. Secretary, yeah. So Jake. Um, According to Screen Rant, Eugene Kittredge was the director of the IMF in the first Mission Impossible yes. movie. Correct. But after wrongly accusing Ethan Hunt, he disappeared. Uh, sorry, I thought I gave you an answer. I was waiting. <laughs> so, so maybe, uh, yeah. maybe, uh, maybe Angela Bassett is the Secretary of Defense. Maybe it's something Which like then that. would make her a direct involvement with the president. Yeah. Because she, she would be appointed okay, by the that, that that begs the question: Why would why would the director of the CIA or the director of the IMF have a picture in the office of the director of national intelligence? Mm. Right, yeah. unless it's a higher official. Because oh, he was she the CIA answered, director she was on the phone in, in Fallout. She was on the phone with the president the whole time. So he was the CIA CIA director. Okay. He is the CIA director in Dead Reckoning Part One. So okay, Keith, okay, I, okay, wild, 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 wild theory. Wild theory. What if it's learned in Dead Reckoning Part 2 that she's actually the vice president? It's possible. Yeah. We don't see who the like we don't even know who the president is, right? Like because how would the how would the never. president get those types of that type of information mm -hmm. from that's something why said, called see, the impossible said, mission force? See, that's why I said secretary. 
I think that and I think who sends out those little briefcases with the mission? Like I, somebody does, way, right? I, I love the fact that that I, those things are just incredible. I love them so much. <laughs> like it was a pizza guy yes. at the very beginning of the movie, oh, but it's great. just like it's that. a young, it's a young IMF agent, right, right? Going to Ethan Hunt. He doesn't realize who he's talking to, and then these things just smoke up and blow up. I love it. Mm -hmm. I love it. I love it. I love it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he's the, kind of coaching the Kodak what camera. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. Kodak camera was great. That was a good one. Yeah. Uh I do have a, one of my notes here. Oh, okay. Because to jump back to the train thing. Great performance by Vanessa Kirby as Haley Atwell as Vanessa Kirby. Yes. That was spectacular. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, she's a monster here. That was amazing. She was Because really in my mind, I'm thinking that's really Haley Atwell under right. in a mask, but that it's not. It's, it's, the, it's Vanessa <laughs> Kirby. Gal playing a gal disguised as a gal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've been, I've been really saying good. it. I know this is in Vanessa Kirby. I've I've liked her ever since we got introduced to her in The Crown, uh, Fallout, uh, and then uh -oh. we saw her in Hobbs and Shaw, and I've seen her in a few other things. Mm -hmm. But I've been saying this for a while. She needs to be Sue Storm. She needs to be mm -hmm. Sue Storm for the MCU. She Do would be perfect. Mm -hmm. I've been saying this for so long. She okay. would be perfect. Not mad at that. Come at that. Would, great. Wait, so is it officially Adam Driver, by the way? Am I? No, it's no. not. We don't no. know. Um, no, I want to say real quick before I forget, <laughs> like the camera work in this movie, yeah. more than any other ones, was so incredible. I think it's the, the best of all of them for sure. The close-up yeah. face yeah. shots and yeah. like the way, I just don't know how to explain it. Like the way that it just uh, closes up on somebody and their facial expression, then it just feels so... It makes you feel like intense and like a little claustrophobic. And it's like, well, you're supposed to feel like that in this movie. Like you can't get out of this situation. Like it just, right. that's how the camera work makes me feel. It, it the, was done so well. And I, I think I'm the only one that saw it on IMAX, right? Everyone else saw it yeah. in the regular. So the, the scene between Ethan and Kit Rich at the very beginning, when he takes the mask off and they're having that conversation and the camera, like Jacob is saying, is so close to the face. It's incredible to watch an IMAX. Mm. Incredible because the because it's so it's such a larger screen, right? Yeah, I obviously haven't yeah. seen it in a regular theater, but you get to see it. It feels like you're sitting on that other side of the table as we're having this conversation. That's what it feels. It feels like you're looking at someone, mm -hmm. and I. That's done so well in this movie. I need McCord to direct a freaking Star Wars movie, goddammit. And you know, I was I was watching uh I forget which YouTube channel it was, credit to that YouTube channel that nobody knows what I'm talking about. But uh, apparently Macquarie, like we talked about, you know, paying homage, right? And like callbacks and whatnot. Apparently, I haven't seen the first movie in a while, but Brian De Palma did a lot of the same camera work with the upload shots. So, uh, Dutch tilted angle. a little bit, you know, yeah. and uh, he does a lot of the upward angles. Yeah. Yeah. Dutch, and it was also, <laughs> yeah, it was also a method because, you know, they filmed during COVID. So the close up yeah. shot, you wouldn't know the other person's in the room. So, yeah. I just ah, love, I just love sh sh like that. Yeah, yeah. Right. It's so interesting. It's just ah, filmmaking, it's man. It's oh, unbelievable. It's that's mm -hmm. unbelievable. Why, that's why I love cinematography so much. It's my favorite, <laughs> my favorite part of the filming. Uh, uh, Keith, I got to ask you, and Jacob and G, I need you to, I need you to uh, chime in as well, but I got to ask Keith this because he's my guy on this. Is this the best Mission Impossible score out of the seven? Ooh, the score. Glad you brought that up. 
I I think it might be the best. The last three, each one has been. Uh, it may be, maybe. I love that Fallout score. It's so good. I do too, but this one uses the music so well in I like slower moments. Yeah. Oh, I got I got to listen to it. Watch I have the movie, to yes. listen to it again. But I listen to the it's, Fallout score all yeah. the time. Like I, the. I the Admittedly. scene that stood out the most is when they were at the party and Ethan's learning about the entity, how the entity threw the party, how the decision has to oh, be man. made yeah. between Grace yeah. and Ilsa. That yeah. music in the background yeah. is unreal. Yeah. Unreal. Oh, yeah. you know what? Speaking of that scene, uh, uh, like I said, I was, I was uh, listening to you guys on my way home. Jacob, you brought up a great point. I felt the same way about how like you could feel the entity like, oh yeah, you could. It, it just even right from the beginning. Just what a, a terrifying villain! Like it's not like it's not like uh, like it's not like Ultron or or Skynet. You know, I'm so or, glad like, we didn't see like a robot come out and I'm start saying. fighting. Like, yes, like it's not like a thing so to try glad. to destroy the Earth. Like, yeah, but it feels like it's a thing. That's it's just it felt like it was everywhere and anyone. And you could just feel that. Why? Wow, it was really like, mm-hmm. oh, I don't like this. I didn't like this. That I party like... scene was surreal. Like, and the party none scene of us was... knew, right? Like, we just think it's these super surreal, like, crazy designs going on in the background well, because we've seen it before. Visuals, like, we've seen it before, right? Keanu Reeves but, to pop out. Yeah. And then, <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. And then like, Gabriel says, oh. I don't know what's here. Did, this, this, is, this is the entity's party. Yeah, and like, oh, and we realize that oh, we've like seen... That We've seen the look of the entity before, but we're not paying attention to it, and it's yeah. just sitting there in the background the entire time. That was hey, good. Oh, man. The entity be throwing some wild parties, man. You got the music, <laughs> the lights, like everything's like grooving. That was way better than the one in Fall or uh, what's the Fall? Yeah, Fallout, where that that one club there. Yeah, after the Halo jump. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> Except Fallout had better bathrooms. So, <laughs> so- <laughs> <laughs> wow. Come on, come on. That's fair. That's yeah, fair. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. All right, gentlemen. Well, any any final thoughts to wrap this up before we uh, start to head out here? We're coming up on our time, so I want to make sure we wrap it up. Any uh, quick final word um, before we head out? Yeah, great great movie, but I'm just very curious about where they go in part two. Just like oh, you yeah, are? You know. Yeah. Well, well last... because like, well, no, no, no. But here's the thing. They it's say be it's the last one. They say it's the last one, but Tom Cruise, on the other hand, being like, I want to make Mission Impossible until I'm 80. It ain't going to be the last one. No, it's it ain't going to be the last one. Listen, Gio, okay. it's glad you said that, because my last note I made was part two. We're going underwater. They're going down. I can't wait to see it in the water, man. Yeah, man. I we cannot have... wait. <laughs> yeah. Oh, because they, they have to get to the submarine. unlock the thing, right? What's yes. Tom Cruise going to do with stunt underwater? I just... He's going to hold his breath for 30 minutes is what he's going to do. That's he what says, he's going to do. Oh my Apparently, God. he can hold his breath for like six minutes or something, he says. so. He had to do it for Rogue Nation. Yes, that's, that's where he right. learned it. The, the he had to do it for yeah. that scene. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, <laughs> look, I'm I'm super excited, man. I, I mean, Jacob and I talked about it as far as like, we didn't say it specifically, but we talked about like where it landed at the very beginning of the show. It's it's the best Mission Impossible movie for me, hands down. Uh, Fallout is like right there, but this one is. I've sat with it for eight days now, and I can't stop thinking about it. And each time I talk about it, I just I I like get lit up talking about it. Um, I loved it. I loved every moment of it. I'm, you know, I hated that they killed Ilsa. It's my girl, uh, but uh, yeah. they replaced her with Haley Atwell, which is absolutely okay. So. 
Um, I can't wait to see where part two goes. Uh, Geo set it up top, but Tom Cruise saved cinema once again. Um, <laughs> and I can't wait to see him do it for a third year in a row because we have less than a year to wait for it. Is it? Yeah. Has it been shot? Yeah, it's been shot. Oh, okay. So it comes okay. out next year, right? It comes out next year. It's supposed to. Who knows well, what the strikes yeah. are going to do? Yeah. But yeah. it's supposed to come out next year. Yeah. Um, I, I still got to go Fallout, honestly. Yeah, I think but so. this is right there. I mean, I'm debating it. I, I, you know, I can go either way. The thing is, I've seen Fallout like 10 times, right? I've seen this one once. Yeah. So yeah, maybe yeah. I'll change my mind. But right now I give Fallout the slight edge, but that's no knock on this one at all. Like, and I'm, <laughs> I feel bad for the next one. <laughs> like it has so <laughs> much hype to live up to. What so we'll stunt see. can Tom Cruise do next? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> but yeah, McCoury An underwater stunt, and... right? Just don't go to space. <laughs> Draw the line. Right, He's making he a movie in space. To... Him and yeah, Doug. I oh, I heard it. about that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Macquarie said last month uh, to Fandango that part one and part two would not end the series, and they're developing more ideas. So. Yeah, I didn't think. Why so. not? Yeah, why not? So. Yeah. Gio, what do you think about Any final thoughts, Gio? Part two, just I mean, come on now, this is your opportunity to. I'll say it again: bring back Carter somehow. Just I need to yeah. see her again. I agree. In the movies, is this your favorite one, Gio? Or you're a number two guy, right? You like Mission Impossible 2? Hey, Mission Impossible 2 ain't bad, man. That, that, that song uh, that, that I sent you guys, or Jacob, I sent you, like, hey, that goes. Um, I, I like know. his hair in that there's, one. There's something about the theatrical experience of Ghost Protocol. You know, uh, that's that's probably first, my favorite. It's the first one in Some Brad Bird, years, right? seven years. Yeah. And just, I mean, the opening... Prison breakout scene. And prison breakout scene is iconic. It's yes. iconic. Yeah. Yeah. God. So the, the, I, the big, I don't know. The big I mean, hallway, big hallway thing. Maybe, the hallway. I mean, if if we have time next week, Jake. I mean, we'll make that part of the show if we can. Just a ranking. Hey, I like, have. Honestly, I have a. Warrants. So I wanted. I wanted to do a uh, a Mission Impossible stunt bracket. Is what I want to do. Um, mm. Include like action sequence slash stunts in it, and we yeah. do a full on mm. bracket. And okay. and see where it lands. Um, so for I don't example, know have... the train scene would be in there, and then the bathroom well, fallout would be on there, like as well as the halo example. jump and the cliff jump and the plane Ooh, and the Dubai that's scene. Dubai. Well, that's the, really the original, clever. The original, yeah, uh, the original one. Like it would all thing. be in there. So I think down yeah. the line for sure, it won't happen next week because next week is Barbenheimer, but yeah. uh, mm -hmm. maybe maybe the week after. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That sounds yeah. interesting. Put a pin in that. Let's leave that. Uh, everybody watching, hold us to that. Let's, uh, remind us next week. We got a good idea. Keith, finish it out, man. Final thoughts. Yeah, it's I, listen. Everything from three on are so good. I I don't know. Uh, three is very good. I, I don't have it above any of the ones after that. But uh, yeah, Gio, I'm kind of with you. I think Ghost Ghost Protocol is probably my favorite. I think Fallout might be the best right now. Uh, Jacob, I'm kind of with you. Like, I need more time to sit with this one. I didn't see it, you know, five, six, seven, nine more times. <laughs> just like <laughs> seeing all the other ones. But you can't, it's no wrong answer. They're all, you, you, you can't yeah. go wrong with any of those. Like any, anything from Ghost Protocol on, you can't go wrong. I mean, um, so yeah, like I said, you know how much I love Spider Verse, but it's definitely 
contending for best of the year for me. I might be might be a coin flip. I don't know. Uh, going forward, it is it is the best of the year <laughs> uh, until Dune. Until Dune, you are oh. right. <laughs> oh, okay. two Rebecca Ferguson movies on back to back, baby. Man, <laughs> yeah, forgot about Dune. Yeah, you're right. Okay, well, we'll see. Is... we'll see. We'll see. Well, listen. Hey, I'm glad this. I'm glad we got this movie finally uh, after all the delays and all the for various reasons, but uh, and all the you know Tom Cruise yelling at people. I mean, it was totally worth it. Uh, like I said, second year in a row, man. You know, he's long-awaited sequels. Tom, I mean, just a man that knows how this thing works. He knows how to do this. He knows how to give people what they want and make it good quality like there's just not a lot of guys I, obviously as a producer and a prefer, an actor like he just he knows what he's doing man it's tom cruise production now it's like, right it's, yeah no, i noticed that i noticed that too mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's great he's like as big as the franchise or bigger yes he's totally yeah he's, yeah, he's totally it's, it's, it's him now it's kind of it's what mm-hmm. i think vin diesel is trying to do with fast fast franchise but um tom cruise is doing it way way better um uh, not, you know those are those are fine but this is great. Can't wait for part two. I hope it comes next year. Um, we'll talk more about that later. But yeah, man. Loved it. Love it. All right. Uh, that's going to wrap it up, everybody. Uh, Tuesday night, every Tuesday, right here, 7 o'clock Pacific, Apocalypse Now. Uh, as we mentioned up top, we're going to be continuing our conversation here because we love celebrating and discussing movies uh, and talking about our experiences from these creators, writers, and actors. Uh, and the latest one was Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning Part 1. That is our full spoiler breakdown of that movie. Next week will be everything Barbie and Oppenheimer. Uh, we'll be talking both movies. Uh, we will let you know if things change, if we're not able to see both movies or, or details on that. But for now, uh, we will be talking about both Barbie and Oppenheimer. So expect us uh, full spoiler breakdowns for both movies as those both come out um, in apocalyptic battle this weekend. So... Uh, make sure you're checking out all of our other channels in the link. Uh, the links below in the description. You know all of our social medias and other YouTube channels. They're all down there. We appreciate you guys, everyone watching live. We appreciate you all. Hope you guys are staying safe out there. Uh, thank you so much again, and uh, we will catch you guys next time. Bye, guys. Awesome. Awesome. Awesome.